Holy Spirit, thank you again for being with us. I pray for my brother, Bal Krishna. Lord, I ask that you would help him to bring us your words this morning, that through him we might receive from you an understanding of who you are and what you're doing, that we might learn to honor and praise you all the more. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, friends. It's a great privilege for me to come back again to Oxford and to the community church. I think I was here uh, last year as well. Um, So I want to thank God for the privilege I have been given uh, to come to uh, this church this morning. And I want to thank you, Pastor Steve, for allowing me to uh, share with you uh, my heart this morning. Uh, As Pastor Steve has said, uh, Steve Square, I call them, two Steves, um, and uh, Pastor Rosa visited us in Kathmandu. Uh, Still, it was cold uh, when they visited. Uh, Their ministry to our college has been a really blessing. Uh, There were prophetic words to our students, and there were encouragement to our students. We have about 80 students uh, in our residence, and um, so pastors have uh, really ministered to our students, and we were very grateful. We are very grateful to uh, men of God, uh, and also, as you most of you know, Pastor Roser, uh, he had a lot of tricks to sew. I don't know how they sews those things with his balloon, and so students really enjoyed the ministry. Uh, of this group and uh, the students were also asking when are they coming back again Uh, hope they can make another trip uh, in the coming days Uh, so we are still uh, praying for that so I work in Bible College Nepal Theological College for uh, it has been for a long time Uh, right after my graduation in 81 I began my uh, ministry with the Bible school So that year we had five students. So it was a very small beginning. Uh, And also during those years, Nepal was completely a closed land. So the gospel was not uh, been allowed to preach. No Christian meetings were allowed to uh, conduct. So it was a quite challenging time we had. But... Despite all those challenges, the Lord blessed His work in our nation. And I want to thank God for God's blessings in our work. I'll just read one Bible verse, then I'll be sharing some of the ministry experiences in Nepal. I don't know how much time I have been given, so please tell me. I'll finish exactly the same time. I can speak 10 minutes. Half an hour, two hours, uh, whatever time you give me, I can adjust. 20 past 12. Okay, thank you very much. So I just read one Bible verse, so uh, I'll not go too detailed many verses today. So that will be John chapter 10, verse 10. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. 
The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So today in the world, people are searching for meaningful life. Meaningful life. And in order to find that meaningful life, people are trying many kinds of things in the world. They try drugs, they try alcohol, they try all kinds of things in order to have a life that is meaningful. But at the end of the day, or they realize the fullness of life cannot come from human sources. Never. Because the fullness of life comes from the one who gave us the life. Who gave us the life. I did my study, PhD, with the University of Wales, and I was a student in Oxford Centre for Mission Studies. And my title of the thesis was funny and interesting. It is a funeral rites in Nepal, cremation, burial, and Christian identity. <laughs> so you may be thinking, what kind of topic... But it was a, a real need the Nepali church is facing. And also I had a lot of things to do with what is life all about. Because when you talk of death, we talk of life, right? Because with death, life comes. So death and life cannot be separated. So I have a lot of things to do with life. I have a lot of things to do with, with death. And how do people do all kinds of rituals in the world today? Related to death. It's very interesting if you study different cultures, different traditions, different practices that people have. People have all these kinds of traditions developed mainly dealing with death and life. Very interesting. Death and life. There are some traditions even in our own country... When somebody dies, so they have a tradition of burial. They put the body into the grave and they have a pipe from inside the grave outside to pour the food for the departed one. You see? So there are, there are traditions like this in the world today. There are people who believe the departed spirit, departed person need nourishment given by the family members. Because they have idea of death and they have of idea of life. Somehow. It may not be the right understanding they have. But so there are so many kinds of traditions people are living in the world. And it's very interesting to study their customs and practices. How do they function in their communities? What kind of belief systems they have? And also my study, there are many other aspects that I have done. The important thing of the Christian theology or message is the death and resurrection of 
Christ. And I think we sang many songs this morning dealing with Christ is alive. See, that makes Christian gospel unique in the whole world. He's alive. That is the message God has given to His church. And that message is the message of life. Message of life. And Jesus is talking of that abundant life. The life that is never going to end. So abundant life many times is not exactly the material life that we are talking of many times. If we have plenty of things we think is abundant life. That's not. Abundant life is the life that we receive from Jesus Christ in this life and also the life that is eternal. Relationship with God is abundant life. Relationship with Him, the closeness, the love of God that pours into our hearts. That is the life Jesus is talking about. The thief, the Saturn, the things of this world come and destroy, kill. It is the message God has given to his church to take to the world, to our own community, to our own people. People are searching the meaning of life and try to find those meanings from different things of this world. And they are not going to be satisfied until they find rest in God. And you know the story of Augustine. He was a very bad man. I mean, <laughs> his previous life, he was a convert. Saint Augustine. He had a, you know, drinking habits, all kinds of things. And finally he realizes the human spirit cannot have rest until it rests in God. Until it rests in God. That rest that Jesus is talking, the bounded life we find in Christ Jesus. So when the death entered into humanity, the relationship with God was broken. The intimacy with God was destroyed. And people went far away from God. Started to do all nature worship. Because nature was more powerful than humans. They could see the earthquake. They could have all kinds of natural disasters. So people began to surrender to nature. So that is the study of even religions. By the way, my area of study is religions. People started to do worship nature, submit themselves under notice. It was not, okay, they sat down and said, okay, now we are going to worship nature. It was not like that. It was a naturally developed idea. Because they could see the nature more powerful. Because they were deviated from God, went away from God. Relationship with God was broken down. And people naturally began to worship nature people 
went away from God. And this is the message that we proclaim even in our nation. Bringing the message of Christ, the message of life. We are not bringing a new religion. We are bringing a message. We are bringing a relationship that was broken when human beings sinned against God. Believing in Christ is restoration of our inheritance. Yes. That's the way we preach. So we challenge even our government people. Or the, so preaching Christianity is transforming lives. We're helping policemen, right? When we make people better, they are helped. Yes, we're helping them. We are not destroying our nation. That's the way we are challenged because our nation is a Hindu nation. 80% of the people are Hindus. And as I said before, the gospel work was very, very difficult in the initial stages. But we say it is the transforming, life-changing power of God we are presenting to the people. Life-changing. People have a relationship with God. They have a meaning of life. The meaning of life is to know God and to make Him known. That's the whole purpose of our human existence. Whatever education we might have received, what, what kind of person we may be, how wealthy we are, those are secondary things. Those things are needed. I'm not saying those things are not needed. But those are not the primary things in the kingdom of God. The primary thing in the kingdom of God is His kingdom. The power of God's, the transforming power of Jesus Christ. So God has given us this abundant life in Jesus Christ. God has called each one of us to experience that life. And that life continues with that intimacy with Christ. Intimacy with Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit that transforms us every day in the likeness of Christ. That's what we talk of the power of the Holy Spirit. Spirit has to transform us in the likeness of Jesus Christ. In his nature. In his way of life. It is the work of the Spirit. Work of the Holy Spirit is to transform us into the image, likeness, character, love of Jesus Christ. That's what Jesus says. I have come to give you that abundant life. That abundant life. And Jesus has, Jesus has given his own life and he has been raised from the dead. As I said before, the resurrection is the unique of Christian message. So as we study about different theologies and there are people 
in Christianity who have completely rejected the idea of resurrection. They don't believe. I, mean, I have gone through some of those studies and I have quoted even in my thesis. But still they have some kind of sort of fear into their hearts, though they reject it. Because when somebody faces death, at the deathbed, person is very uncertain what happens. Right? For Christians, the mystery of death has been revealed. You see, so that's, that's very different from the world. As I said before, many tribals, many people of different religions, death is still a mystery. Because what happens after death, they don't have any clue. So they have all kinds of rituals developed around death. But for Christians, the mystery of death has been revealed. Because rising of Jesus Christ from the dead means mystery of death has been revealed. Because we will be resurrected like Jesus. So there, there is no more mystery of death for Christians because of Jesus Christ. But for the people of this world, death is still a mystery. So people are frightened at death. People are frightened at deathbed. And some of the philosophers have read their book. No philosophers, theologians have said, it's, it's better to believe in resurrection, they say. Though they don't believe. If you do not believe resurrection and it happens to be true, you lose. If you believe resurrection is true and it happens to be true, then you will find it. If you don't believe and it happens to be true, you are losing. So it's better to believe so that you will not lose it. Even those theologians have given that kind of instruction. They are not sure whether resurrection will be there or not, but at least if it happens to be true, you be better in the safe side. <laughs> Believe it. <laughs> so that you will not lose it. Even if there is no resurrection, you will lose nothing. But if you don't believe and there is a resurrection, you will lose. So even those theologians who don't believe in resurrection encourage people to believe it so that you don't lose it. Because the Bible talks about death is no more mystery for Christians. Because Jesus has been rose again from the dead. He has conquered death. He has conquered death. Therefore, we have a life that is eternal. And he came to give us that abundant life by conquering death and giving us life in the place of death. Friends, we have a, a great gospel. The gospel that can transform people's lives. And this gospel has been taken to the uttermost part of the world. When we look at the Christian history, how the gospel spread, even in the 18th and 19th centuries. And this was a nation for many, many 
missionaries were sent to different countries. And still I think I've been sent, but the history talks about people like William Carey. He was a Baptist preacher. I don't know from where, which part of the United Kingdom. So he had a call of God in his life to tell this message of Christ, the transforming message. His board, church board, did not allow him to go. The church board said, William, if heathens, God wants to save the heathens, he will do it. You don't need to go. You see, that was the theology of some time ago. If heathens want to be saved, it is God's business. You do what you want to do here. But he responded to the call of God. He went to India with his family. And that time British government was ruling, East India Company was ruling India. And the East India Company did not allow him to stay in British territory. Didn't. Because they thought this missionary now has come, now he will bring social disharmony. That was the British version, not the Hindu version. British version. British East India Company business people said, we are not going to allow William Carey to stay in British territory. Because he will maybe preach Christ, then there will be a social disharmony. We will be responsible for those things, so it's better not to allow this man. So he had to take a refuge in Danish colony. So this is the history. In that college I studied actually, in Sarampur in India. Danish colony. He was given a place. And he began to translate Bible. Because during, up to that time, there were no scriptures in those languages. All the Sanskrit origin languages and all Indian languages began to hire people, train them and translate. And it was the first time the Nepali Bible came in 1821. The first printed prose literature in history of Nepali literature was the Bible. Was the Bible. And this man had that visa. He began a college to train people, ministers. He started golf school and God, golf school was unknown. He began that. And even, even Indian government in the later stage acknowledged his contribution for the nation development. It was the call of God. And he had encounter with God to tell this message of life. Message of resurrection. That Christ has rose again from the dead. And there are many other missionaries, you can name them who had that burden, that vision, that passion to take this gospel of Jesus Christ that can transform the lives of people. God has called His church to take this message of love, message of redemption, 
message of god's life resurrection of jesus christ because today people are searching for the meaning of life everywhere everywhere they are trying and trying and trying and finding so difficult to really understand why they are here because there are so many things that people are facing in the world which are very very challenging there's unemployment there's people migrating from one country to another all kinds of things are happening they're trying to find answers to life from the things of this world but we as a christians god has given us the answer and we need to have that determination into our hearts that god has revealed us something that he has not revealed to the world and it is the responsibility of the church to tell people what god has revealed to us and sometimes what happens is when we have these beautiful things important things with us and sometimes we don't know the value of it example a man or a woman who doesn't have one hand knows the value of the hand that she he doesn't have we a person who has two legs doesn't know the value of legs only the person knows the value of legs who has one leg and he also she also has the value of the leg which she or does, he doesn't have it what she or he has the leg doesn't know the value but the one the person has lost know the value but we can know the value of our legs our hands even without losing it so we need to know the value of what god's life into us without some person taking away from us because there are many countries many nations who have no freedom of worship who long to worship there are many nations who do not have the bible to read and we have plenty of bibles we don't read you you see we 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 do not value many times the things that we have so we need to intentionally value those things you see there's a intentional valuing those things remembering those things reminding us as david reminds he says you thank o soul to god be thankful reminding because it's a, it's a, it's a very easy to forget what god has done in our lives so we need to remind so this life that god has given to us intentionally we need to talk to ourselves that god has given this precious things to us is very life the meaning the purpose of life that god has given to each one of us so i'll just briefly share about some of the uh challenges we have in our own country then i will will close 
as i said before the nepal is a was a hindu state for long time and the gospel work was completely prohibited nobody was allowed to come in one indian saint christian saint sadhu sundar singh one sadhu means he is a uh, he he took a style of hindu ascetic in his dress so he came to nepal um in the early 20th century i think so he was complete, uh, immediately arrested and put in prison and this man after four days was released he used to travel all over india and he went to south india and he preached and told about the challenges of nepal such a difficult nation for the gospel because there during that time there were no christians in the country anybody becoming christian was completely put in prison or he or she was uh, thrown out of country so this man he preached so our mother in that big congregation dedicated her unborn baby to be a missionary in nepal unborn baby dedicated when this baby is born i'll train i'll send to nepal in such a difficult place such a difficult place and the baby was born he was educated he had bible training all those preparation was done because it takes time to prepare and that person came to nepal in 1952 when the nation was open and he began to work began church unborn babies have been dedicated for the most difficult task because of god's call not exactly the need but god's call because the christians or the mother realized that it is jesus who gives life life that is abundant and there are many other kinds of instances and many people came and started to begin to work government made the, made the rule anybody be becoming a christian was put in prison for one year anybody distributing tracts 3 years imprisonment anybody baptizing 6 years imprisonment recorded in the law but god started to begin because there is no other name by which people can be saved that conviction if jesus is the way we have a huge responsibility if jesus is away we can relax if jesus is the way if we believe it we have huge responsibility of prayer 
sending, going, you know. We need to have that heart. And in 1951-52, the work began slowly. And I became Christian in 1976 through correspondence course. So it's a long story I'm not going to tell now. Through correspondence course. Because I had a question of life. What is life all about? So maybe I did my study on also life and restriction. All those. Because I had a question of life from the very beginning. And Jesus gave me the answer. Jesus died and rose again from the dead. So if he rose from the dead, then there must be life. Because I was influenced by communism on the one hand in my schools. And I was influenced by Hinduism in my home. You see? Double traditions. And I found the answer. Jesus died and rose again from the dead. There must be something. Because the communism was just telling me nothing. Nothing remains. No. Rising of Jesus means there must be something. In 76, when I accepted Christ, big challenges. Church was very small. The church I attended had six people. And Pastor uh, Steve has visited that church after many years. We have about... 900, I think now, all together, people. And we have about 50 churches began from that church. 50 churches from that church. When somebody becomes Christian in Kathmandu from a village, we send that person back. Now go and tell about Jesus. Yes, that's the way the church has grown in Nepal. The person coming from far away, you know, accept Jesus Christ. Converted, disciple, transformed, and we send that person back to own village. And he goes or she goes and begins church. So not only men, even women. So God is using sisters to establish churches. Yes. We are open for the ministry for all and many times sisters are better workers for the Lord than the men. Yes. Yes. And our congregation also about 70% are women. So that also shows the women are more active in ministry than men. So the church began different places. There was persecution on the one hand. A lot of prayer. Fasting. Interceding on the other hand. Persecution and prayer. And sometimes people think persecution will increase the church. Yes, it does. But I realized it's not the persecution that increases the church. When persecution comes, people pray more, you see. So when people pray more, then God <laughs> does work. So persecution just becomes a means of making people to pray more, trust God more. So you don't need to wait for persecution to grow the church. You can pray more, ask God, He gives the growth. So some people think, oh, God send us persecution, we'll grow. Yes, God can send, but you don't need to wait for persecution for the growth of the church. When that commitment is there, when that prayer is there, when that fervent prayer, asking God, really believing Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, 
that transforms us our thinking our perception and the way we approach to the people we we approach with faith not with doubt whether this person will be saved or not we person has to be saved in order to enter into the kingdom of god so the church in our context began and we have big responsibility of training uh, equipping young people you know as the church grow the problems also grow but we have to manage those problems so we need to train young people now give that vision of god's calling whatever professions they are we need to equip them so that they can be light and salt in their own area of works so it's not that every pastors or leaders will be able to do the whole thing no that's a very traditional way of doing things every member of the congregation has to be equipped to do the work of the lord yes equipped and every member of the congregation has to have that desire to serve the lord and god will fulfill that desire god will give that hunger in every person every person will be involved in the ministry of the lord and that is the challenge we have before us and we had lot of growth of the church and a lot of activities a lot of prayer every easter we had a we have a rally now in the valley kathmandu and other towns i was recently another town we sang on the street and marched and had a mass meeting people gathering praying for them you know it's a celebration of what god has done 10 years ago 20 years ago impossible impossible now we have been broadcast through the tv and radio our messages and we i mean i'm a very young man i still i think you know there are there were days nothing could be done everything has to be done in secret anybody going and complaining could be you know uh, the preacher or person could be immediately arrested but god has given us his favor and we are asking god that we may be able to wisely utilize what what he has given to us we are asking god to give us wisdom and understanding that we may bring this life changing life transforming message to our people this is our vision this is my vision and god has called me to invest my life in the lives of these young people not because i have many facilities there many things there no god has called me to invest my life in the lives of these young people so that they will be channels of blessings for our people for the transformation of people's lives so we always emphasize we are not preaching any new religion religion is not going to save anybody we are simply bringing back what we have lost 
we are restoring what God has in his plan simply bringing back what we lost so it's not preaching of new religions this and the preaching of religions will not save anybody we are bringing that transform transforming power of god that human being were away so this is a gospel we have this is a transforming power god has given to us and so it has to be rooted into our hearts that passion has to come into our soul that god will use each one of us as morning we said in our weaknesses god will be glorified he will be magnified we just need to accept his sovereignty in our lives his greatness in our, our lives so that we may be able to do what god has called us to do and the church has a great great responsibility each individual member and also church as a whole to take this gospel of transformation gospel of peace gospel of life to the nations and it begins through fervent prayer praying in the spirit praying with burden that god is going to change this world let's pray spirit of the lord god has called each one of us to experience that life the resurrected life of jesus christ the transforming power of god every day in our lives the spirit of god holy spirit when he comes to us he helps us to be like jesus he forms the character of jesus in our lives and he reminds us the love of god the blood of jesus christ that is shed for the sins of this world it is the holy spirit that reminds us the urgency of taking the gospel of peace and reconciliation to the world life changing life transforming gospel of jesus christ there are many people in the world who are still under the bondage who do not have the meaning of death still they are under that mystery what is death all about because of that they do many rituals many kinds of practices but god in jesus christ has revealed us the death death that brings life a jesus rose again from the dead and we have this message of hope message of resurrection message of life that god has called each one of us to tell to others and it is the power of the gospel that transforms the lives of people power of the gospel not our own power our own strength our own learning understanding argument but it is the power of the gospel of jesus christ that transforms the lives of people let's commit ourselves 
afresh that we will be used of God for the extension of God's kingdom. Let us have that determination into our hearts. Let's have a life of prayer, fervent prayer, praying in the spirit so that our commitment to Christ will be afresh every day. We may be closer to him. The more we are closer to him, the closer we can become with people. Because we see the needs of people. God shows us the needs of people when we are closer to him. When we have a ministry to him. And we can see people. And God can change them. A God, Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your promises of life. Life that is abundant. The Saturn, the thief comes to kill, to destroy. But you have come to give us a life that is abundant. We thank you Lord Jesus. You have not only spoken. But you have demonstrated through your own life. Through your own death and through your own resurrection. The life that is abundant. We thank you for your promise. We thank you for your love for each one of us. Lord I pray for this congregation. I pray for the for pastor. I pray for all the elders, all the uh, church members that your anointing will come afresh in this place. Lord, we pray that through this church many people will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let every member be refreshed by your spirit, Lord. Have that vision and that call so that their ministry will be a blessing for this city and also wherever they go and move. We commit ourselves into your hands. We thank you for today. We thank you for this time given to me. And I count this as a great privilege to share my heart with my brothers and sisters in this congregation. I pray your blessings upon this place. I pray your blessings upon every person, Lord. Have your own way in their lives. We thank you and we praise you. We ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. What a privilege to be prayed for um, by someone coming from a nation where, you know, I don't know how much you picked up there, a church that had been six people, now 900, and planted out 50 more congregations. Um, God is at work in the, uh, in the Himalayas, in Nepal. Uh, the first believers there 60 years ago, when I was in, I was in Balakrishna's office and flicking through a directory of churches in Nepal it's like a yellow page it wasn't yellow actually like a yellow pages directory hundreds and hundreds of pages lists in columns of churches that have started mostly in the last 25 years or so God is it and what a privilege uh, for us to I just want to us to understand what we're receiving in prayer from someone who's seeing God at work in a way that we need to pray for so amen Thank you for praying for us.